This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. So let's uh, read Exodus chapter 3 together. So i bring you a message entitled Generations today. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 15 reads like this. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, this is God talking to Moses. This is how, what I want you to say. The Lord, who? The Lord. the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. It's important. The name you shall call me, the name you shall teach, the name you shall refer to me in, in every generation to generation. Let's pray together today. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power, your grace, and your strength. I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us now and just give us clarity, give us just life-changing word that will cause us to pull forth into a new place of life. Thank you, Lord. My goodness, somebody needs to agree with me. Thank you, Lord. Much is going to be accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I'm excited about what God's going to do in this house this morning. I'm excited about the presence of God. I'm excited about the the goodness of God. I'm excited about the love of God. I'm thankful that how God moves in every generation. God wants to do great things in every generation. Can I get an amen for that? All right. Now, look, sometimes generations look a little different. Now, if my son were in this service, he was in the last service, you would realize that my son is just one generation, you know, from me, but my son, he completely looks different than me. My son has hair. Come on now, amen. And that hair is everywhere. And he looks different. Matter of fact, I I, I wish, is that, is that Kyle I'm looking at back there? Come here, Kyle. Come here, Kyle. Come here this second. Y'all let Kyle have some love as he comes up here. Man, I appreciate your help. He said, you didn't give me much choice. You called me out in front of everybody, Pastor. <laughs> Man, I love you. Bless you. All right, you ready? I guess. Can, you, you, you think, do you have hat hair if you took that off? I'm pretty sure. All right, well, turn around the other way. Do you Do you see any difference between Kyle and I? Come on now. Do you you got to understand, I dedicated this baby to Jesus. Now I'm like, hey, bro, how you doing up there? And look at the, the difference in the generation. I mean, he's a pretty cool dresser. He's got the same color. Well, his jeans are nicer than mine, but but uh, got his shirt out. And he's got that thing I used to have. Hair, that's what it is, you know? But the reality is our generations may be different. 
In my generation, we didn't we didn't wear our hair long like you wear it. And I, 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 look, some of you go, "Well, Pastor, you're about long hair." <laughs> look, just because you're jealous doesn't mean you have you can repent later. Okay, nothing wrong with long hair. My generation, we didn't wear our hair long. We did something called the MC Hammer. Come on now, how many you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we had lines in the side of our head. Things were different. We wore we didn't wear. Cowboy boots and blue jeans. We wore members only in Z Cabarici. Can I get an amen for that? Generations are different. But just because generations are different does not change God. Thank you, God. Let him know you love him. Our hair may be different, our clothes may be different, our, our styles may be different, the way we communicate may be different, but the fact that generations are different does not change who God is. And God was saying, I am the God of, of Abraham, I am the same God of Isaac, I am the same God of Jacob, and I'll be the same God from generation to generation to generation. So what God was saying is, I am the God of generations. This is important. I am the God of generations. And if my God is the God of generations, I want you to understand, then God's kingdom is the God of the kingdom of generations. And the Bible says that his kingdom, when we come into his kingdom, we move, what's what I'm about to say here, from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. That's important. In other words, what it's saying is, when I come into the kingdom of God, I may not be who I am going to be yet, but I'm moving, and I'm growing, and I'm becoming, and, and the church may not look like it's going to look yet, but we're not who we used to be anymore. We're moving, we're moving, we're moving. Let me just tell you how different it is. We used to sing songs that were here-focused. There are whole generations of the church sung songs that were here-focused. I mean, a few more weary days. But somewhere that changed as we stepped into a new glory. We realized that I don't need to sing to you. I need to sing to him. And as I lifted up my voice and a man by the name of Jack Hayford penned an old song called Majesty. We worship you in your majesty. And we began to lift our hands. And before long a revolution began to occur. And people now join in the churches all over the world. Instead of singing about a few more weary days here we'll sing about the fact that God God wants to invade here with his glory. God wants to invade this earth now because we invite him by telling him that he's good. You see, we move and we become and the generations grow. But listen to what I'm about to say. That doesn't happen automatically. It just doesn't happen. It only happens when one generation realizes the next generation may look different. They may talk different. They may act a little different. But they're just as saved as we are saved, and we embrace each other, and together we gather around the throne. I love the fact that there is no big eyes and little U's around the throne of, uh, of God and around Calvary. What we realize is there's one God, one Lord, and one Savior who's worthy of all glory, honor, and praise, and the rest of us are sinners saved by grace no matter what generation we come from. And for this to happen, people must realize, listen to this, it's important, that the precious calling of God is for one generation to raise up another generation. Now we'll say things like this. 
Well, I sent my kids to children's church. We have the finest children's church around, but it is not their responsibility. What you need to listen to what I've come to tell you. It's not taught. The glory to glory has to be caught. Your children need to see you worshiping. Your, your children need to know what your voice sounds like in prayer. Pastor, why is this important? Well, I'm going to give you an illustration I've given you in the past, but I think it's so significant. Jonathan Edwards is considered to be the greatest theologian that North America has ever produced. He was the head of the first great awakening where one, one quarter of the continent was one to Christ. He authored books uh, called their or- like Original Sin, Freedom of the Will, Religious Affections. He wrote a book called The Life of David Brainerd, who was a missionary who, who, who had inspired people to take for generations to take the gospel around the world. Jonathan Edwards changed the world. He preached that message, sinners in the hands of an angry God, and, and literally thousands upon thousands came to know Jesus Christ. But the most significant accomplishment that Jonathan Edwards did, this is so important, listen to what I'm about to tell you, was he married a woman that he loved by the name of Sarah. And he and Sarah gave birth to 11 children. How many of you want that anointing on your life? Some of you said, don't pray for me, Pastor. Come on now. 11 children. But every day, Every day, for one hour, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Listen to me. Before they began their meal, he would sit down with his children, teach his children. He would listen to them about their day. He would talk to them about the Word of God, and then he would take all 11 children. Can you imagine the eye rolling that occurred when all 11 children had to stand before Jonathan Edwards, and he'd lay hands on them, and he would speak a blessing on their life? Every single day. Why is this important? There's a little lady sitting in the back of the building back there that from the moment that I knew that my wife was carrying her and all of my children, it was this way. But that was the first. I made up my mind. I quoted the word of God over her every day before she was born and every day since she's been born. We've lived under the power of that word. Why? Because, my goodness, there's an anointing under the power of the word. There's a power under the power of the word that you need to get into. You need to walk. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. You need to walk into the power of the word and Jonathan would speak the word over his children and this is so important because in the year 1900 uh, another man by the name of Winfield wrote a book that compared Jonathan Edwards to another man that was born during the same period of time and this name man's name was Max Jukes and Max Jukes was an atheist who had no time for God, no room for God. He married a woman who didn't love God, who didn't want to serve God, who rejected the ways of God. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And so what they did was they compared their heritage from generation to generation. Max Jukes produced 540 descendants, of which 310 of them died homeless as paupers. 150 of them were convicted criminals. Seven of them were murderers. There were 100 alcoholics. And of his daughters, there was 190 female prostitutes. From Jonathan Edwards' line, listen to this. He had 1,394 descendants. How many of you know that the Lord said, I'll give you a full quiver? Come on, amen. Of which there was one American vice president. 
Three senators, three governors, three mayors, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 100 lawyers. I guess you can count that, but come on now. 60 physicians, 75 military officers, 100 preachers and missionaries, 60 prominent authors, and 80 other public officials. What I'm trying to tell you is the decisions you make today determine the destinies of generations that come. And we need a generation who's, my goodness, who serves God from generation to generation to generation. Amen. You see, how we father the lives that are under our care will change the generations for good or evil. Now, my parents didn't have the parents I have. My spiritual grandparents had to step in. My parents' fathers, both were lost alcoholics. Both of them didn't know the love of God. They both rejected the ways of God. They both were abusive men. It was a sad day when they came home drunk and angry. But when my mom and dad of 55 years ago stumbled into an altar in Columbus, Georgia, as dad was preparing for, for to go to Vietnam for Fort, at Fort Benning, he stumbled into an altar of a little Church of God church in Columbus, Georgia, and a little tiny uh, group of people were seeking the face of God, and a preacher preached the gospel. My mom and daddy grabbed each other by the hand, walked to an altar. My God, I feel what I'm saying to you today. Walked to an altar, and they grabbed hold of each other in the altar as they grabbed hold of the hands of a glorious Savior, and their lives were changed forever. What happened was they broke a generational curse of both lines of, of drunk Native Americans on both lines. Come on now. They broke a curse off of my family. Something changed. A generational curse began to break. But you know what? They didn't know what to do. So what they needed were spiritual parents at that moment. So those pastors and his wife, they took that little couple that were from way far away up in the hills of North Georgia and they brought them into that, that Columbus, Georgia home and they fed them and they mentored them and they discipled them and they taught them how to serve God. Can I tell you that still to this day, when the grandchildren of my spiritual grandparents come up on social media, I respect them. I thank them. I honor them. Why? Because of what generations did before. My goodness, I feel like preaching. You see, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what God did. But it's illustrated all throughout the Word of God. Moses taught Joshua how to get in the presence of God. And when Moses had to stop short of the promised land, the Joshua that he had raised up since he was 15, 16, or 17 years of age carried the people of God where, where Moses could not go. Eli taught a young Samuel how to respond to the voice of God when most people don't know how to respond to the voice of God, but they run from it. And he became a man who was known as the greatest prophet of, prophet of his age. Samuel, having been mentored, saw David, a boy who was not even invited to the audition to be king by his own father. Samuel looked at him and he said, I'm not looking at what other people see. I'm not looking at your life. I'm not looking at this. I'm not looking at that. I'm going to look at your heart. And he saw the heart of a lion killer. He saw the heart of a bear killer. He saw the heart of a giant slayer. He saw the heart of a worshiper. He, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. 
He saw a righteous man inside. See, some of you think that all people do is see you for your sins. We're not looking at you because of your sin this morning. We're looking at you as sinners all saved by grace and because somebody looked at us and saw past our sin. Pastor Don, why are you so fired up? Because I got more fired up on Mother's Day and I'm not going to let the daddies down. Come on now, amen. I feel it in my heart today. I feel it in my soul. What we're looking for are some people who will become spiritual parents, who will be like Elijah, and who took and threw his mantle over Elisha, and Elisha did twice the number of miracles that Elijah had done. I'm looking for a generation who will spiritually parent the next generation. This is important. It's so important. Let me just speak from my own life briefly as we prepare to head toward... Now that the introduction's done, when I started pastoring this church, here's how I always say this. I was an 18-year-old boy when I started pastoring this church. I was skinny with dark hair. How I many you know it's been a long time ago? Come on, amen. It may be funny, but it's true. I've thought about the men and women who've stayed with me all these years. I don't know that I would have stayed. I made a lot of mistakes along the journey. But now, that 18-year-old boy stands here, uh, <coughs> a 50-year-old man. Pray for me. I know what some of you older people said in here. You at 50, you're just a baby. You are right. I am just a baby. <laughs> you're just getting started, good pastor. Well, this is what I'm about to say. The time has come when you stop, try to get, stop trying to get started. And you start lifting the load to empower the next generation to run the race. This is important. I want to see the next generation pass the point where I stopped. I want to see the next pastor of this church go to levels I've never been able to lead it to. I want to see a righteous generation arise of worshipers who we thought we knew how to worship. When I watch my sons and the Lord preach the gospel, the joy, watching John and Amy, the joy in my soul as they were standing here, but the joy in my soul wasn't even compared to what my wife did in the second service. Amy got up here and started talking. My wife hit me. I was like, what did I do? She's, that's one of my girls right there. Look at it. Look at what God's doing. You've been caught in a spiritual dry land. Start sowing into somebody behind you and watch God's fire catch in your soul as, as they burn for the glory of God. You know, I'm reminded of the story. This is important. I'm reminded of the story that my dad tells, but that my dad tells about his spiritual father. I want you to get what I'm about to say. My dad was called to preach the funeral of his spiritual father, the man who won him in Columbus, Georgia. He walked up to the pulpit and began to preach, and they'd handed him a piece of paper. And they'd said that during this his period of 40 years of ministry, he had, he had preached X amount of sermons, done X amount of visitations. He kept a record of all of it. And then they said he won 90 people to Jesus. 40 years, 90 people to Jesus. Sounds like a lot of dry, hard days. Over 40 years. My dad stood there and he said, let me tell you this. Though. He said, from those 90, I don't know what they all have done. He said, but two of them 
And the reason I keep looking around there, they sit there in the first service. He said, two of them were my wife and I. He said it. He, he said, he led me and my wife to Jesus. And he said, I have preached this gospel. And he said, I have won hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds to Jesus. He said, of which one was my son? And he said, my son has won hundreds of thousands by hundreds of thousands by hundreds and thousands around the world to Jesus. Do you know what I want in my life? I don't want my spiritual sons to win hundreds or ninety or ten thousands or hundred thousands. I want my spiritual children to win millions upon millions upon millions upon millions for the cause of Christ. It's not about building my generation. It's about imparting their generation. Now we've spent a lot of effort preparing something. A move of God that we're seeking after for our young people. Could you imagine the greatest work of all time? God comes, sends his angel to the earth, and he says, I want you to go to a 13, 14-year-old girl and say, it all depends on you. I mean, that's a good thing. 13, 14-year-old girl, this all on you. Yesterday, I was with a group of 14-year-old boys, and I watched them hop out of the truck. There's, 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 one, there's one mud puddle that big in the whole parking lot, and they walked right through it. So I'm imagining God sends his angel to a 13, 14-year-old girl and says, everything's on you. And she say, he says, you've been highly favored. And you've been blessed. And I'm going to jump all the way over to Luke chapter 1 here. I want you to get this. And he says, you're going to be blessed. And you're going to carry the Messiah, Mary. And the Bible says that Mary's Believe the word of the angel. And the angel said, Mary, this is what's going to happen. And I love what Mary said. Mary said, I believe what you said about me. Why is that so hard? You know, people won't believe what God says about them, but they'll believe what the enemy says about them all day long. They'll believe what that stepdad here that Stepmama said negative, or they'll believe what that abusive parent said negative, or they'll believe those bullies in school, but they have a hard time believing God. But our young people are going to rise up. And they're going to say, I believe what God said about me. I need some faith. I believe what God said about me. And they're going to be one's going to be, I've been, I, I was raised since I was six years old on a youth camp for 34 years, like in a row almost. I did youth camps. I know youth ministry. I know youth camps. I can tell you what's going to happen. God's going to sit down and there's going to be tears and snot and pledges and promises and repentance. God's going to be there. And there's going to be a group of young people who are going to hear one of the finest speakers that we could find come in and they're going to go, I believe what God said about me. See, that's what Mary said. I want you to go way over to the end of my slides and I want you to find Luke chapter 1, verse number 38. I want you to see what, what Mary said. She said, I, let, it be, let it be according to your words. That means I believe you. And they're going to be in that environment where they can believe. And then, you know what's going to happen? I want you to see what verse 139 says. Ready? Verse 139 says, and then the angel left her. Camp's going to end. 
They're going to come back to real life. They're going to come down off the mountaintop. They're going to come back to real life. They're going to go to school and everything that they think they've grown in is going to be told and they're going to be told a lie and they're going to be told different things. You don't know who you are and you don't know this and you don't know that. And they're going to believe their friends who don't even know who they are themselves, who they are. Did I say that right? They're going to believe their friends who tell them who they are when they don't even know who they are, who they are. And it's all going to be confusing. And it's all going to be frustrating. And it's all going to be painful. And they're going to be trying to find their way. And they're not going to know who they are. And the, and the angel has left them. The presence is gone. The snot's over. The tears are pain, not joy. And listen to me. But here's what the angel said before he left. He said, I want you to go and find Elizabeth. Because she also has a promise inside of her. And this promise that's inside of her is a baby that's in the sixth month. So in other words, she knows what you're about to go through because she just went through it. I want you to get with somebody who believes from her generation that can see in your generation what God's going to do. And you see, Elizabeth's going through this miracle. She's going, finally, 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 the greatest work of my life. And all of a sudden, Mary walks in, and Elizabeth realizes that what she thought was the greatest work of her life was really getting her ready to sow in the greatest work of all eternity as she was going to be sowing into... Some of you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you today. You may not feel like you have a voice, but God might use you to raise up the next Billy Graham. God might use you to raise up the next move, the next Jonathan Edwards, the next Great Awakening. Why? Because you believe in the next generation. When you realize you are not alone, I'm looking for people who will realize our greatest job is to sow into the next generation. I'll never forget learning to pray. The way I pray for you, I learned from my daddy. I learned to pray from him. As I heard these words, as I heard him call out, save my daddy. Save my daddy. My dad would cry and weep and say, save my daddy. The way I know how to pray for your families when they're in crisis is I remember the prayers of my daddy. And then I've taught others to pray and others to preach and, and those prayers are going on and generations are going, but I'm going to take you all the way back to that original prayer with my daddy. What he did for the next generation changed even previous generations. Because my daddy said, I may not be able to win my dad, hit my grandfather. He said, but I'm going to go out and tell somebody else about Jesus. And literally while my, at the exact moment, my dad went like this on a young man's door to tell him about Jesus. An older pastor knocked on my granddaddy's door. And the big old 450, 500 pound man opens the door. Could you imagine that? My grandfather at 80 something was picking refrigerators up, tossing them on a truck by himself. And my, I watched my dad weep as he heard this story. The old pastor looked up at him as my dad was standing and looking at a young man saying, God wants to save your soul. A preacher looked up and said, God sent me here to win you to Jesus. He's going to save your soul. And that big old man said, come on in. I'm ready.
When we get concerned about moving the glory forward, it'll affect us more than we can imagine because I want to show you, and then I'm going to pray for you. What happened? What happened? The moment. So even in the study about you feel spiritually dry, what happened in the moment that Elizabeth met Mary? What happened? The baby inside of her left. The Holy Ghost filled her and the baby left. She was moved upon by the power of the Holy Spirit when the next generation came in for her to sow into. So, my goodness, somebody needs to understand what I'm trying to tell you today. Look, we're not alone. We might be weary. We might be going through dry times. But if you'll start sowing into another generation, you'll start pouring into others. You realize the way you worship is the way they're going to learn to worship. The way you pray is the way they're going to learn to pray. The way that you pursue God will teach them how to pursue God. Then get ready. Get ready because the Holy Spirit of God is going to jump inside of you also. Stand with me if you would this morning all over this house. Stand, stand, stand. In reverence to the Holy Ghost of the living God. God is here. I don't think there's a lick of what I just preached to you about that, that's my normal gospel message. In the last service, nine people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Because I think what happened was they realized this ends here. When my mom and dad said this ends here, it ended there. It wasn't, well, we're going to serve him one day and not the next. No, it ended there. The enemy was destroyed there. The bondage was broken there. I'm looking at my brothers. The bondage was broken in generations of other families. It ended there. It ended there. Your freedom is one decision away. Now you head to me in this place. I'm going to ask you three distinct questions today. We're going to pray and then this service is going to be a thing of the past. It's so important. Let me ask you today, if you're in this house and you would say, Pastor, there's some things from past generations that need to end here. Can I see your hand right where you are? Put your hold of the pie. Your hand's all over this place. It's ending here in the name of Jesus. My goodness, Lord, we bring it to you. I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. Put those hands down. Second question. Nobody looking around, everybody praying. If you would be honest and admit that you haven't been leaving the best example for the next generation, and you want to repent of that and change it today, can I see your hand right where it is? Hands going up literally all over across this building. It amazes me how God moves differently in services. Put those hands down. I'm about to pray for you. The Bible says in your confession that you will be healed from those things that have held you back. Last question today. If you're here today and the righteous generation may have preceded you, but you let the righteous generation end, or maybe there have been no righteous generations in this in your life, but you're ready to make the Lord the Lord of this generation so that the next generations will be changed. And you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ today. You'll notice I didn't embarrass anybody else who raised their hand. And I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's the case, right where you are, if you're ready to make a decision to serve Jesus for either the first time or as a point of rededication, can I see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high today? Thank you. I see some hands going up around this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Looking around, see two hands that have gone up around this room. Are there others today? Are there others that will join with these two? That's 11 people for this day so far. Are there others? This is your moment. 
I'm telling you, things are breaking for generations right here. Decisions are being made. Bondages are falling off. My goodness, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place. Is there anybody else today? Pastor Don, you're just picking on me. No, if you feel picked on, that's the Holy Spirit looking in your heart. Thank you, I see that hand. That's 12. Let's pray together. The Bible says that if these will confess Jesus Christ as Lord of their life and believe in their hearts that God raised him from the dead, they would be born again. So today, we're going to celebrate together these coming to Christ. On every voice in this place and every voice online, every voice listening, watching, in whatever capacity, to lift your voices with us now as we pray with these three that add to these that are in the last service as we believe God is going to change their life forever. Lift your voices with me now. Jesus, Jesus. By, faith, by faith, I declare I, declare, I, am, a I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Need a savior. And, now, and now I receive, I receive your, grace. your grace. Heavenly Father, I believe, I believe. and I confess Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord. Is Lord. I, believe I believe he came for me. He, came for he me. died for me. Died. And now he lives forevermore. And by faith, by faith, at this very moment, I declare, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that today, many of them for the very first time. Thank you, Lord, for even those online that we don't know about that are receiving you. Lord, for those that are watching around the world, thank you for what you've done, for what you're going to do. And I thank you now. My goodness. Could you just lift your hands in honor of what God has just done? Father, we worship you. And I say, God, give us all clean hands and give us all pure hearts. Lord, those who have not been being a righteous, righteous example to the generation, Father, I thank you that in their confession there is forgiveness. And Lord, that you are going to set them free from the very bondages that they have carried on. And Lord, they're going to begin because they're going to begin to show good fruit from this moment forward that their family is going to become jealous of in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that a line of bad heritage stops here and a new line starts for the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that this is all accomplished by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a praise today like he deserves. You can do better than that. 12 people today have given their life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to remain standing right where you are. Sam, I want you to join me here for just a moment today. I'm proud of this young man. We do this every time that a young adult makes this decision. He's going to head off to, I guess they call it boot camp still, to defend our nation. Aren't we proud of this young man? Now we're proud, but mama's praying. That's her baby. She's got worries. We believe that God is going to protect him. So I want you to stretch your hands this way. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Lord. Lord, I'm reminded of Psalms 91 that it's not a prayer of defense, but it's a prayer of realizing that great is our God, and he is so awesome that he defends and protects us on every side. Father, I declare that your grace will cover him. 
Your strength will be upon him. Lord, for every negative thing that is thrown his way, Lord, I thank you that the word of God that is in him from generations, Father, will rise up. Let there be a fresh anointing, a fresh power inside of his life that helps him make strong decisions to honor you. And let every attack of the enemy, Lord, every attack of the enemy, for we fight not against flesh and blood, but the powers of darkness, be thwarted as it tries to snuff out a good voice. And Lord, let his voice be lifted yet even in the middle of every place you take him as an example of who he trusts in, and that is Jesus. Bless him now, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I'm so proud of you. Amen. God bless you, man. Come on, let him know how proud you are of you. Protect our right to preach the gospel. Come on now, amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.